You are listening to the Living Way Church podcast. For more information about Living Way Church, go to livingwaychurch.cc. From those who pervert true Christian doctrines. Guys, listen, there are times when the church has to say no to that organization because they promoted false doctrine. Sometimes the church, sometimes a Christian has to say no to an organization even though they're doing good, but yet, but yet they promote a false teaching of Jesus and as a result are actually leading people into eternal damnation. They might be giving them food, but they're wasting their eternity. See, we've been called to give food and water and help those in need and bring the life eternal. Jesus said it this way. He says, what good is it if you gain the whole world yet forfeit your own soul? He says, you could spend all day providing and helping and giving to people, which is what we as Christians should be do, doing. But if we deny the essential of eternal life to those that we're giving help to, he says, then we are denying them true life. What does it profit if you gain the whole world, but yet forfeit your own souls? He says, there's nothing in this world that will ever replace what only Christ can do. And sometimes that means we have, and we've had to do this in the past. We've actually had to pull out our support of certain organizations because, because they preach a different gospel. But that's what contending for the faith is about. It's, it's about making those decisions that the apostles have challenged us to do. True believers must contend for the faith entrusted to us. Jude goes on to say this in verse 17. He says, but dear friends, remember what the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ foretold. The 12 apostles, by the way, were given authority to write and to bring God's word. We need to know this. They were, they were given authority by Jesus to establish doctrine in fact, in Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit came and the church began to grow, one of the statements they said is that, and they continued in the apostles' doctrine. He says, we must remember, Jude says, remember what the apostles taught us when they said, in the last times there will be scoffers who will follow their own, their own ungodly desires, people who just don't like the Bible, so they ridicule and mock it. I've known people, some of you are guilty of that, where you just, you don't like that portion, <laughs> you scoff at it. <laughs> That's scoffing. <laughs> scoff at your neighbor, see if you can do that. <laughs> That's scoffing. He says, man, there are those, he said, that will scoff. <laughs> That's fun to do. <laughs> that will scoff at the Bible because they just don't like what it says. He says, these are people who divide you, who follow mere natural instincts, their feelings and their desires and their opinions. And he says, and they do not have the spirit. They follow themselves, not the spirit of God. They walk in the flesh. They're not walking in the spirit. In fact, Paul said a very similar thing in Romans chapter 16, verse 17. It says this. It says, I urge you, brothers and sisters, to watch out for those who cause divisions and put obstacles in your way that are contrary to the teaching that you have learned. He says, keep away from them, for such people are not serving our Lord Jesus Christ, our Lord Christ, but their own appetites. By smooth talk and flattery, they deceive the minds of naive people. Some of you are just naive enough to believe it. Jude 19 sums up their condition when he says they do not have the Spirit. So while the first half of Jude's letter 
focuses on the pretenders, the last half, the last piece that we're going to focus on right now deals with specifically the contenders. So we know and we've defined what a pretender is, but what does it look like for someone to contend for the truth? Well, Jude begins to wrap up his little letter by challenging the contenders. And he says this, he says, but you, dear friends, some translations say beloved ones. I want you to know this, Jude loves the church. He loves the people of the church. He loves the kingdom of God. He says, but you, dear friends, He says, number one, by building yourselves up in the most holy faith, and number two, praying in the spirit, and number three, keep yourselves in God's love as you, and number four, wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you eternal life. And then he says, five, be merciful to those who doubt, and six, save others by snatching them from the fire into others. Seven, show mercy mixed with fear, and eight, hating even the clothing stained by corrupt flesh. Now, he gives us eight things that contenders do, and you're like, eight? That's like a lot. We're going to fly through those things. He says eight things that someone who contends for the faith should be doing. In fact, as we've looked back, now we're going to look inward because while last week was some things, the sermon title was was uh, the pretenders, some things never change and the things that never change are the gospel and the wolves. The gospel will always stand and the wolves will always be hungry. That is something that will never change. This week, something that will change, something that should change is you. So I actually need two people Real quick to help me, can I have two men? I don't, I'm, no offense, women, but I, you know, you're going to be wearing a boxing glove, and you know, as, as as hip and cool as it is to to be a woman boxer, that's not my thing, to see. So I need two men who can just put gloves on. Oh, hey, what you want? You want Texas Forever? Or you want the the black victory? Oh, here, yeah, here. Ooh, man, man, that's going to be a fight. Here we go. Man, you start dissing, dissing the motherland. <laughs> from Russia, yes. Actually, you know, I'm from India. I'm born in Oklahoma and uh, um, moved to Indiana. I spent a lot of my time and, and got here to Texas as fast as I could when I was a junior in high school against my will. All right. And I, I was. I was brought here against my will when I was a high school student. And by the time I graduated, I was like, you know, I love Texas and my mom moved again to Virginia, and I'm like, no, I'm here, and I moved out of my house when I was uh, two weeks after I turned 18, and been here ever since. All right, here we go. Who wants to be the pretender? Sean, you're it. Okay, because uh, the contender's going to take him down. I'm not going to have you guys box each other, but if you want to, you can. Nobody's got glasses on, right? You guys, I'm not really going to have you do that, but you might want to turn your hat backwards. Um in case he does go go at you. All right. Man, he's even got the boxer mohawk. <laughs> and the boxer hoodie. All right. So, uh, all right. Now, I'm not going to have you. If you guys want to, you know, box each other, that's totally up to you. I'm not going to make you box each other. But I, I want to, as, as you guys are figuring out what you're going to do, because for real, this is totally, I, I just asked them this was not set up beforehand. Uh, you're going to let him do that to you? Contend for the truth, honey. Contend. Um, hey, let me help. Let me help you out. Here we go. All right. Here, give me All right. Get him. Get him. All right. Now, what they're gonna figure out? What they're gonna 
play like they're boxing here for a minute because they're afraid to hit each other. <laughs> this is, this is going to go bad. I just know it. There's something about this that's going to go bad. But go for it, guys. Um, oh, hold on. Time. Time. Here, let me, get, let me fix the. Here we go. Here we go. All right. Now, guys, listen. The Bible says that we are to contend for the faith. Now, do you think, now, actually, Robert's a real boxer, and these are his, his boxing gloves. Yeah, he is. I was like trying to figure out, you know, keep your hands up. Now, do you think that just any one of those boxers in real life, you guys keep doing your thing. You can, don't even have to listen to me, um, like usual. Um, so you didn't listen to me, see? Um, do you think that any one of these boxers that you watch on television in real life just decide to get up and go, you know what, I'm going to box today. Today I'm going to, I could have been a contender, you know. I should have been. So do you think that any one of these like real life boxers just kind of wake up in the morning and say, you know what, I'm going to box today. And, and all of a sudden they're in this like major bout on television and pay channels got, got it all locked up. And I mean, they're in, live in Las Vegas and, you know, and the arenas are packed out. And so do you think any boxer just wakes up and, and ends up just being a contender? You, you can answer, talk to me back. Do you think any boxer just, no, you guys are fine. Do you think any boxer just wakes up and says, I'm going to be a contender? No, what do they have to do? They got to practice. They got to train, right? They got to train. Now, a few years ago, I did a, a message called About With Doubt. It was, we're talking like 10 years ago. And I, and I, and I actually went through a, a training day in a boxing uh, uh, gym. And I, I, you know, decked out in boxing gym, and I, and I did all the workout in a gym that a boxer would do. I thought I was going to die. And muscles, people, bunch, I mean, uh, the big giant balls, you know, on your tummy, uh, and the punching at you. And then I got in the ring, and I, and I boxed for about five minutes, and that was all I could handle because I, this guy who was a professional boxer was in there, you know, he's in there just going light on me. But every time I got hit, I was like, man, I don't think... I can't do this anymore. And I just get started getting tired. And, and we, we shot the video. And, of course, I won in the video. But I was really the loser because there's no way I was prepared to, to box this guy because I didn't go through the training. So, um, all right, you guys have been doing good. Who, who won? Sean, let me hear you. Let me hear you. Come on over here. Come on. Here. Here. Sean the Pretender. Or Tiny the Contender. All right. <laughs> I'm glad they didn't hit the keyboard. <laughs> All right. Here, let me help you out here. You're the winner. All right. All right, good job, guys. Thank you so much. I'm not sure where the gloves went. Do you still have them? Uh, oh. That makes me nervous. He's going to come up and find me. Now, here's the deal. The look inward, the things that got to change, mean that it's training day, guys. It means that it's time for us, if we are going to contend for the faith, that there are some things that have to change on the inside. So what, so what Jude says is he actually gives us some things in our life that need to happen if we're going to contend for the truth. And this is the first one he says. In Jude 20, the first part he says, he says, but you, dear friends, he says, build yourselves up in the most 
holy faith. Here's how I would define that. Number one, get in the word. Get in the word. You need to learn how to build yourself up in the most holy faith. And how will you know the faith if you don't read and grow in the faith? In fact, the Bible tells us that uh, it says that, that, that we are to, to know the faith, that we are to preach the faith, that we are to give the faith, and that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So we have this direct connection with our faith that is built and established and grows through the hearing and, and receiving and growing in God's word. We have got to get to the place we are reading the Bible where we are reading the Bible for ourselves. I mean, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to have you raise your hands, but I want you to take a mental inventory. When was the last time you read your Bible? When was the last time? I mean, I'm not talking about in church, on the screen, or, or you know, a casual looking up of verses at a, at, at a group meeting. or something. When did you last read the Bible for yourself? As our, as our spirit prospers, there so should our, so our health and vice versa. And we don't think twice about eating every day. Even if you're fasting, you can't wait till you're eating again. And even if you skip a meal, you can't wait till the next. Every day, it's a priority because your body craves it. Is your spirit craving the word, the bread of life? We've got to get to the place in training, this is a change. We are not only reading the scripture, but we are memorizing the scripture. We are speaking it to ourselves, and we are encouraging ourselves in the faith with it. David encouraged himself in 1 Samuel 30. David and his men left to go fight a battle, and when they came back, the enemy had burned their entire town down and taken all their wives as prisoners. And all the men were furious and angry at God, and they were angry at David, and there was talk about killing David. And this is what the Bible said. The lowest of the lowest point in David's entire life, and this is what he does in 1 Samuel 36. Now David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him, because the soul of all of the people was grieved. Every man for his sons and daughters, because they'd all been taken off as slaves and prisoners. But David, he strengthened himself in the Lord his God. And when I think of Jude, when he says, if you want to be a contender, then you've got to learn to encourage and build yourself up in your most holy faith. The, the holy faith that has been entrusted to us by the disciples, we must get in the word. There will always be days when we can't hold onto life anymore and we can't there will be days on those days when we can't get a hold of anyone to help us have you ever been in the situation like that where you just needed to talk to somebody but you couldn't find somebody they were busy they weren't home or they were out of town and you needed you needed to talk to somebody there will be days what do you do how will you stand strong well Jude says you need to learn how to build yourself up in the faith you need to get in the word you can stand strong. You can be at peace because you can know that God is for you. And if he is for you, then who can be against you? Romans 10, 17 says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. To have that kind of faith, we need to know God's word. 
Here's the, the second thing, Jude 20. He also says, dear friends, you also need to learn of this. Training day includes praying in the spirit, he says. He says, guys, you need to not only build yourself up in the faith if you want to contend, but you need to be someone who's praying in the spirit. Now, if you're charismatic, you think that means praying in tongues, but that's not what Jude is talking about. He's simply saying this. This is not about praying in tongues. This is about praying in harmony with what the Spirit teaches in God's Word, praying the will of God and uh, praying by faith the will of God. It's allowing your prayers from the inside out to reach the very core of the throne of God. It's talking to God, and it's learning to listen to God. We pray in the Spirit. We're not just talking to God. We're praying in the Spirit, talking and listening. When was the last time you actually got on your face before God in private and called out to God for his will in your life? Jude says, man, you got to get to that place where you're praying in the Spirit if you want to contend for the faith. Think of prayer And the word of God is the two legs of our spiritual life. Both are needed to be well balanced. And I think of those boxers, you know, they they got that balance on their feet. You know, some of them are known for their dance. Some of them are known. Muhammad Ali, man, he was was known for his movements and his feet and how he danced around. I'll tell you what, our legs, when we are in training mode, when we are contending, it's the word of God. And it's praying in the spirit. And some of you, you're like, how do I stand up for my faith? How do I contend for what is right? How do I talk to somebody about God? And how do I stand for God? How? Well, I feel like I can't. Your legs are shaking because you're not reading the word and you're not praying in the spirit. The very balance of your contention in contending for the faith is that. He goes on to say, number three, he says, and keep yourself in God's love. Now, if we are going to be people of God, we need to walk as people of God. We need to keep an attitude of love. As we contend for the faith, we are not to be angry people. We're not to be shouters. We're not to be banging on car, you know, hoods and and posting hateful things on Facebook. That is not contending for the truth. He says, Keep yourselves in God's love. We ought to stand boldly and compassionately in love for the truth, serving and caring for those who are hurt. I'm going to come back to that in a minute. And then he says this. He says, and wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. Jude 21 says that. You know what he's saying? He's saying, keep As we're training, keep your eyes on heaven. Guys, listen. Jude reminds us, and he wants us to be reminded, that when the dust settles, we win. That when all this crazy chaos that's going on in the world today, when the last bomb from the terrorists is is settled, when the last bullet has been shot, we win. He says, hold on to that truth. Wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you eternal life. We live contending for the truth, knowing that one day that there is another life beyond this one. No matter what life brings in Christ, if you are a Christian in Christ, you are victorious. He says, remain obedient, remain faithful, remain prepared. Jesus will return. Be ready. Look to it. But until then, 
content. And then he says, now that you're taking a look inward, he says, I now want you to continue that training. I want you to look outward. These are how contending for the faith actually changes the world. He says this in Jude 22. He says, be merciful to those who doubt. Save others by snatching them from the fire. To others, show mercy mixed with fear, hating even the clothing stained by corrupted flesh. Four things he says. Number one, contending for the faith also includes this. It means that we are to be a person who cares. See, those first deal with our attitude, our actions, our life, our inward, our personal walk with God. Now he says, as the one who contends, this is how you live it out to the world. And he says, number one, he says, you need to be someone who is merciful to those who doubt. Guys, listen, the church has a terrible reputation for condemning and attacking those that doubt. You know, when you give your life to Christ, there's a lot of questions, aren't there? Man, there's a lot of questions about the Bible, a lot of questions about if it can be trusted, where it came from. There's a lot of questions about God, about, you know, you've lived your whole life without him, and now that he's a part of your life, things just don't go, boom, I'm a, like a, I'm on fire for God. There's a season maybe of excitement, but when that begins to calm, you have questions, and you begin to wonder, I felt excited yesterday, I don't feel so excited today. Am I still a Christian today? Man, I was so pumped at church, and the worship was so good, but Monday, I just feel boring. I feel tired. I feel angry. I'm not saved. It was fake. It was unreal. What happened to me was not real. There's all this doubt and these questions and these things that come in. Jude says this, be merciful to those who doubt. We tend to look down on those, but we are to listen. We are to encourage. We are to respond. We are to give mercy. We're not to rebuke. The, devouter, uh, the doubters, we are to give them patience, understanding, walk with them, give them help, give them prayer, be a friend. He says, if you want to contend for the faith, be merciful to those that doubt, be a person who cares. There's a lot of people in the world who are not Christians, and they doubt whether God is real or that he even cares and so they live a life that doesn't reflect God at all. And we want to look at their actions. We want to look at their lifestyle. And we want to condemn them. Jesus says, no, no, no. No, have mercy on the doubters. Care for them. We need to be people that cares. Instead of looking at people's sin, we need to be looking at their soul. And we need to stand for the truth. We need to contend for the truth as someone who cares for them. You see, God cares for the standards that he sets because he cares for people. He doesn't love the standards more than the people. He loves the people more than the standards. And the standards were set because he loves people. Because when those standards are broken, people get hurt. And people live in lives in, of dis depression and discouragement and pain and confusion. So he sets these standards because he loves us. But when we love the standards more than the people, we're not being like God. Contend for the faith, by being a person who cares. Number two, be a person who is involved. He says this, saving others by snatching them from the fire. We can't sit on the sidelines anymore because the world is crying out for help. Families are falling apart 
young people are spiraling out of control and into addiction and pain and a life of regret and disease. We have marriages that are crumbling even in the church. Be a person who is involved in snatching people from the fire. Their lives are burning up in pain while we are worried about whether it's going to get us wet if we get to church on Sunday morning. We're worried about such ridiculous things while the world is on fire. And Jude says, contend, be a person who saves others. We can't compromise the truth because people are in the fire. We can't water down the truth because people are dying in the flames. And Jude says, contend for the faith, that that belief, those contend for the teachings that were passed down to us from Christ to the disciples to us. Contend for the faith and snatch people from the fire. And this this is a hot point for me, a hot button for me, because it is so discouraging to know that so few followers of Christ ever share their faith with anybody. But that's the reason you are alive, Christian. That is the reason why God has you on this earth once you give your life to him. Because people are in the flames. We are to go and preach the good news. Extend that hope, that life. Be a person who cares. Be a person that's involved in snatching people. That means plugging into the church and serving in the church and serving in your community, finding places in the community that are are extending the life of Christ with the gospel. Again, we're not just about handing out food and water and clothing, but extending that with the only true thing that will ever set them free, and that is the life and the gospel of Jesus Christ, the faith that has been entrusted to us. And it's a shame that a lot of believers can live their whole life and never experience the joy of having God work through them to lead a person to know Jesus Christ. You're like, well, that's just not my personality. Well, that's, that's okay. It doesn't have to be because the Holy Spirit is the one that does it in you, and that's supernatural. And it may not be naturally your thing to talk about Jesus, but supernaturally it becomes your thing. Because when the Holy Spirit fills you, He gives you the power to be his witnesses to the ends of the earth. That's one of his primary roles. We talked about that in the last series. He says, be a person who's involved by saving others, by snatching them from the fire. And then he says this. He says, be a person who shows grace. Because he says, to others, show mercy mixed with fear. Now, that's an interesting thing. He says, to, to some, you need to just give them some, some, some mercy, some grace because they're doubters. To others, they're dying and they're hurting. Snatch them from the fire. And then he says, still to others, just show mercy mixed with fear. What does that mean? It means be a person of grace. Let me explain that. It means that when you see someone hurting, when you see the lost When you see the confused, when you see someone who's in an abusive situation, our response should be there, but for the grace of God, go I. Because that could be you. That could be your marriage. That could be your parents. That could be your child. That could be your job. 
That could be your situation. That could be your health. That could be your finances. But there, but for the grace of God, go out. If it wasn't for God's grace, which is unmerited favor, and his mercy, which is withholding the judgment that I deserve, but instead of giving me what I don't deserve, because of his grace and mercy, I'm standing before you today still alive. Many of you guys know I had cancer in 2009. Did you know that my brother had cancer in 2009 also? We both had cancer the same year he died that year. God healed me. There but for the grace of God go I. I don't take it with, with, uh, with, 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 with disregard. I, I don't take it lightly. I, I'm thankful. I was, you know, we give our thanks at Thanksgiving, and I said, you know, imagine, I told our, my family, I said, if things didn't go in, in our favor, if God's had different plans for us, you guys would be celebrating your sixth Thanksgiving with, without me. You wouldn't have me here. And I said, uh, there but for the grace of God, I am humbled, and I understand with fear God's favor. And so when we turn to others, we turn to others with that exact same kind of mercy and grace with fear that has been given to us. As we contend for the faith, we must always do it with grace. We must always do it with mercy. Jude mentions three types of people here that we are to love and reach out to. And he says we are to reach out to those who are the doubters. We are to reach out to those that are lost. And we are to reach out to those who are in rebellion. But we must always defend the gospel with gentleness. This is what Peter said, the apostle. He says this in 1 Peter 3. He says, but even if you suffer for doing what is right, God will reward you for it. Sometimes... Standing for the gospel of Jesus Christ, defending and contending for the truth, means that it will bring uncomfortable situations in our life. Even though we must do it with gentleness and respect, sometimes it doesn't always work out for our benefit. And he says, but even if you suffer for doing what is right, God rewards you for doing it. Sometimes you will suffer for doing what is right, by the way. I did what is right. You're not guaranteed a rainbow and a pot of gold and a happy ending and roll credits. It could be, it could be just the opposite. He says, so don't worry or be afraid of their threats. Instead, you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. And if someone asks you about your hope as you believe, as a believer, always be ready to explain it. That's where the word apologetics come from. Always be ready to give an answer that's the word where we get apologetics, which is the study of how to defend your faith. He says, verse 16, but do this in a gentle and respectful way. Keep your conscience clear. Then if people speak against you, they will be ashamed when they see what a good life you live because you belong to Christ. Remember, it is better to suffer for doing good if that is what God wants than to suffer for doing wrong. He says, we are to contend for the truth, be trained, be ready. He says, always be ready. Man, are you reading your word? Are you in the word? Always be ready. Are you praying in the spirit? Always be ready. He says, man, are you walking in the grace of God? Do you have an attitude of love? Always be ready to give an answer to the faith that you have. He says, you've just had your life fall apart. You're suffering. Now be ready to give an answer for the faith that you have in the midst of that trial. 
That's what that verse is all about. Be ready to give an answer when it seems like your world is falling apart. You're not cursing God and shaking your fist at him. You're actually raising your hands and surrender and gratitude. And you understand his mercy. You understand his favor. Man, you're so thankful. If all I have is forgiveness of sins and eternal life to follow, I am thankful. If this life doesn't bring me wealth and if this life doesn't bring me every relationship promise that I want, then I've got the only one that matters, a relationship with Christ. And one day I, I will be walking on streets of gold and I will be a co-heir of Christ in heaven. I, and the material possessions of this world, nothing here compares to what my Father has for me. He says, always be ready to give an answer for the faith that you have. And he says, but always do it, always in a gentle and respectful way. And this is number four. I want you to write this down. He says, and keep a clear conscience, which is the next thing. He says, be a person of holiness. We are to be a person who cares. We are to be a person who is involved. We are to be a person who shows grace. And we are to be a person of holiness. In Jude 23, he says, hating even the clothing stained by corrupted Flesh, which means that we are to be careful not to be tempted or drawn into their lies or their sin. He says, as you're caring for people, as you're reaching out to people, you don't need to go get high to reach someone who's a pot at, uh, who's addicted to to drugs or pot. Uh, if you uh, you don't need to go out drinking with a friend in order to reach someone who is struggling with alcohol or has, you know, you, you don't have to, to go to a strip club to preach to someone whose marriage is falling apart, all right? He says, as you're contending for the faith, be a person of holiness to the point where you, he says, he puts it this way pretty strong. He actually says, hating even the clothing stained by corrupted flesh. He says, don't even put yourself in the clothing or the position where you might be tempted to fall. It's like what Paul says, our life reflects him in ways that you would never imagine. We are to live a life that brings glory to Christ, a life that clears the brush for people to see. Guys, listen, we are not saved by our actions. We're saved through the blood of Christ alone. However, our actions reflect whether that faith is real or not. And sometimes, he says, remember, the judge of a pretender, he says, is that they redefine morality They see grace as a license to sin. But as a Christian, that's not the way we live because we want to, as I like to say, clear the brush. What I imagine is like if if Jesus is over here and he's just waiting to come unto me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and we've got this world filled with all this distractions and struggles and habits, and you're over here trying to lead someone to Christ, but they can't see him then we are to clear the brush. Sometimes the brush is in our own life. Sometimes they can't see Christ because all they see is you and your stinking attitude. They can't see Christ because all they see is you and you're just like the world. Sometimes they can't see Christ because they can't see past your foul mouth, because they can't see past your addictions, because they can't see past your struggles You know what? God, in your struggles, can walk you out of them if you will walk with him. All right? 
you can be a Christian and struggle, but you can't be a Christian and surrender to those struggles. So if you struggle, if you fall, if you fail, if you stumble, that's a part of walking with Christ. You know you're a true walker of Jesus if you don't just sit on the ground, but you actually get up and continue to walk with him. But sometimes our, the brush is our own life. And I tell you, as a father who loves my kids more than everyone in this room, I want to clear the brush for them at least. That means my private life has got to be for real. You know what I'm saying? My pri- I can't be one way with you and then another way at home. And you can't be one way here and another way at school and another way at work and another way with your family and another way with that group of friends. Because if you cared for them, you, care- you clear the brush so that they might see Christ. Paul says this. He says, he says clear the brush. Matthew 5.16, by the way, I've got a lot of additional verses in your notes today that follow up on all of these. If you want to take a moment and read them this week. Matthew 5.16, Jesus says, In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. You see, our life can either be an attraction or it will be a distraction. Jude's final words are this in Jude 24. It says, To him who is able to keep you, it's an echo of, of verse 1 and 2 where he says the exact same thing. He says, to him, Jesus, who is able to keep you from stumbling. This is not about ever sinning. This is about, ever, this is about leaving the faith. He is able to keep you from ever walking away from Jesus and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great with great glory. Guys, I'm amazed I'm still a Christian. I'm amazed that I still love the ministry. I'm amazed that from a teen to a grown man, for 33 years, I have been serving Jesus Christ. I'm 46 years old. I'm amazed, and it is not anything that I have done. Through all of my pain, through all of my family craziness in my home growing up, through all of my heartache, through all of my sickness, through all of my struggles, I'm amazed that I'm still here. Jesus did it. It's not me. He kept me. He will not let me go. My life is God's work. He says, to him who is able to keep you. Verse 25, he ends with this. For the only God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, power, and authority through Jesus Christ, our Lord, before all ages, now and forevermore. Amen. I want us to read that, that last verse together out loud. This is a declaration of praise. It's known as a doxology. It's got a triadic formula where they say three things as a way of declaring a final praise, a salutation to Christ and to each other. So verse 25, let's read it together. Let's, I mean, if you're a follower of Christ, if you're not a follower, then just... Just kind of think about what this means for you. Let's read it together out loud and strong. Let's contend for the faith. Let's read it. Here we go. To the only God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, power, and authority. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, before all ages, now, and forevermore. Amen. Let's read it again louder. To the only God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, power, and authority. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, through all ages, now and forevermore. Amen. Let's read it one more time because some of you were holding out. Here we go. To God, uh, to, sorry, one more time. To only God, 
our Savior be glory, majesty, power, and authority through Jesus Christ our Lord before all ages, now and forevermore. Amen. 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 Now and forevermore. I love glory, majesty, power, authority before all ages, now and forever. Amen. What a simple Simple declaration, but a powerful declaration to him who is able to keep you. He is able to keep you. He's able to keep you. Some of you here, you need to know the love and mercy of God today. He cares for you so much. He loves you so much that he gave his only son for you. He gave his his life for you. God himself came to earth. It's It's the word Emmanuel. It means God with us. That's what the word means. He is God in our very midst. He walked this earth, died on a cross for our sins. It should have been us, but it was him. Took our shame, took our pain, took our sickness, took our sin. He buried it in the grave, and he rose again, glorified, and says, now come. If you accept this, if you believe this, I'll give you that new life. If you look to the cross, that's, that's payment for your sin, and I will take it if you'll just look at it, if you'll just look to it, if you'll come to me, if you'll turn from yourself and turn to me, you can have it. I care for you. And some of you here, you need to know that God still got you. He still got you. He's able to keep you. When you stumble, when you struggle, even though you get all kinds of brush in your life, He says, come on, I'll pull some weeds with you. Let's walk this out together. He is able to keep you. The Bible says in Philippians, Paul says, he who began a good work in you is faithful to complete it right up into the return of Jesus Christ. So here's what I want us to do. I want to pray for you you to know Christ if you need to know him and number two that you find peace and learn that God has got you and that you will stand strong get in the gym get in the word pray in the spirit walk in grace be a person who cares be a person who is involved wrapped in an attitude of love we can snatch people from the very fires of hell Let's contend for the faith. Amen. Father, thank you so much. God, he who began a good work in us will be faithful and is faithful. You are faithful, God, to complete it. God, and I pray first of all that there are people here that need to know you still love them, that you care for them. God, they're they're followers of Christ, but they're struggling, they're stumbling, they're, 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 they're trying to find how to get up, God, and all you're saying is, come on, take my hand. I haven't forgotten you. Though you stumble, I've still got you. Though you're faithless, I am faithful. That's what the Lord is telling you right now. Just talk to him. Jesus, here's my life. Here's my heart. Thank you that you never let go of me. Go ahead and tell him, thank you for never letting go of me, God. Thank you that you're able to keep me. Until until I see you face to face, God, you're able to hold me. 
Thank you, God. Some of you here, you need to know that Jesus deeply cares for you. And the world is not your friend. They're just as confused as you are. Though God loves the people in the world, he doesn't like the way the world does things because he loves you. So would you just take a moment just to say, Jesus, here's my heart, here's my life. God, forgive me of my sin. Go ahead and tell him, God, forgive me of my sin. Help me to stand for you. Wash me clean as I turn from myself and turn to you. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Now, God, I pray for the followers of Christ in this room. God, that they would contend, that they would stand strong with gentleness and respect, but boldly and compassionately. In a world that's going crazy, God, help us to be a light in a dark world, a light that draws people, not repels people. God, help us to defend and to contend for the faith of Jesus Christ. God, we love you so much, God. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Living Way Church podcast. If you enjoyed this message, we hope you come visit us in Garland, Texas. For directions and more information about the church, go to www.livingwaychurch.cc.